This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Welcome to Talking Halos. This is Derek C. Paul, my cohorts, my partners in crime, Jared Timms and John Crane. It's getting a little feisty between the players and the owners. First things first, thoughts. Going to Jared. How you doing, man? I'm excited because Shohei Otani got an Instagram. I don't know, you know, do you guys have Instagram? My, my speaking I barely ever use before. a thing, I can be honest with you. Okay, well, I'm excited. Shohei Otani got an Instagram today, so we get that. Hopefully he'll go live soon. We can talk to him. I'm going to share that with my daughters. <laughs> I have Twitter, and, I have, and, I'm, and I'm on Facebook. I had a Snapchat, but I don't, don't even understand how that works or why anybody would do it, so I haven't touched it for years. I don't understand why you go on a video that disappears after a certain amount of time if I'm getting it right. But, no, I don't have an Instagram. So, yeah, I'm lost on that one, this is where we're going. This is how we're starting the show is these big negotiations. We're talking about Instagram and Snapchat. Better than Tom Brady, right? <laughs> he got does me. he have it? You he got me. Instagram, right? I think Tom Brady has Instagram. Oh gosh. <laughs> you got me. Right. Point taken. Game set match. Okay. So all that aside, Shohei Tony has an Instagram. The big reason we're here, the big reason we're doing a podcast tonight instead of releasing the next section of Jared's podcast for um, the, the art of pitching is the negotiations hit a little snag. The offer made to the players from the owners is, well, interesting. And it looks like, it looks like this is going to be a little more, more, a little bit more of a, a drag than we thought it was going to be. I'm going to go to you, Jared, first. Can you break down for us how this thing's proposed, the positives and negatives, all of the dirty secrets. Yeah, and I'm 100% probably going to miss some things here, but I'll try my best on this. As far as I know, game-wise, 
from the owners, it was an 82-game proposal. Um, that, I mean, obviously, we're looking at this now, and the players kind of laughed at it and walked away from it. And um, we'll see where it goes, obviously. But with the money, the money is where it gets really interesting, and I am by no means an ep- economic major. I, I'm, I'm not good at it. So thank you for putting me in charge of the money. I appreciate it. But we'll <laughs> I will get there. Um, yeah, so... The league minimum um, going up to about $1 million, actually $1 million in pay, will get paid 72.5% of that salary. At least that's what I, my understanding in this is. Um, from the $1 million mark all the way up to the $5 million mark, they'll get paid 50% of their salary. $5 million mark all the way up to $10 million will get paid 40% of their salary. $10 million to $20 million get paid 30 $20 million and up which obviously the superstars will get paid 20% of their salary. This coming from Jeff Passan um, in his article that he wrote um, the other day. And he kind of broke down Mike Trout's contract in an interesting way. I'm going to you know, kind of try my best to understand this. But he says Trout gets paid 37 almost $38 million, which is the highest salary in baseball. He would make 19 just just above 19 million on the prorated salary on the 82 games and his normal salary off that because he would only get it seems like 20% of it would be 6 million dollars in a sense so the highest paid player in baseball will only get paid just over just under 6 million dollars if if that makes sense and Trout could make upwards of an extra 2.5 million dollars if they make it to the angels would make it to the world series. And there are actually some, there is some money, you know, that goes into the playoffs. Uh, Passant says it would include $200 million in playoff bonuses. Um, $25 million goes to the division series. 50 million goes to league championship series and 125 million go to the world series um, with minimum salaried players receiving just five just above $5,000 for making it to the World Series. So, you know, I hope I broke that down okay. I know there's more percentages and everything that kind of go into it, but from my understanding, that's kind of where it goes. It's a pretty big pay cut for ba- for professional baseball players. Huge pay cut. Bigger than I thought it would be. John, what's your take on all that? Uh, yeah, yesterday, looking, I mean... You know, I'm, I guess I'm always coming from the, you know, this is a, is a game we all play for free. But they, they are kind of taking a, a pretty heavy hit. I just don't really have, and, and I tried to do some research today on understanding on what exactly, and I still haven't gotten an answer on what exactly the 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 um, teams, the, the owners are going to be getting for TV games alone. I'm assuming that that's pretty much what they'll be. I don't foresee uh fans attending games this year i could be wrong but if there were no fan in attendance and all all they got was the tv money for a half a season i'm just and i guess that's kind of what the players are saying too that i guess from what i've read the players are saying open the open the books and then we'll talk about how much you're actually losing um i i think that i think they they do deserve a prorated a prorated salary. I, I actually, I, I think they deserve as many games as they play a full prorated salary, even though the, um, 
you know, there may no be there may be, may be no fan revenue, which I can't. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, you talk to you, like Jared seems to think, and and I don't I don't I don't think you that that seems to be like a minimal amount of money. But as somebody who sits in a baseball stadium, I I can't see that's a tremendous amount of cash. So I do think I would not I would expect. I, as a player, I think I would expect if I'm playing 75 games, I should be played, paid 75 games at the salary that I am, whether you have fans here or not. Uh, but that doesn't appear to be what the owners want to do. I am considering our last show where I I think of all three of us, I was probably the more understanding of the owner's perspective than you two were. And I think for good reason, I'm the one of the three of us right now that owns a company. And I know, I understand what it means to take on the risks to not saying you guys don't, but I'm living it now. I have to say though, that man, I I can't get the words out of this. I'm kind of ticked off at this proposal and I'm, I'm really Ticked off at the re the reactions to it. I'm, I'm I'm I think I'm ticked off in general, and the reason why is because it's a really crappy first offer, in my view. Like if you're if you're really trying to do this in a goodwill fashion, like you're not trying to club the players, you're just trying to have a fair division of monies. Then I think you do better than this. I really do. And I also think that the players, some of the reactions coming from the players right now are, are ridiculous in, in terms of you're hearing them talking about, well, I have to take on the risk for this and risk for that. Dude, shut up. Your, your risk is minimal compared to the average everyday, you know, everyday grocery worker right now. Every Amazon delivery man. Well, the people you're being exposed to, so even in a quarantine setting, you're going to have your teammate, your teammates, you're going to be tested every day to every couple days, and you're going to be sequestered away from everybody else. You're playing in front of no fans, and you're talking about risk. I'm sorry, dude. You can't convince me you're not you're you're not taking on less risk than the average Joe in a, in a grocery store or at a restaurant at McDonald's in the drive-through. I'm sorry, you're not. I'm not buying that. You, let's 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 be realistic in terms of how we're going to behave and instead of making yourself look like you are out of touch with the rest of society as a whole. And that's my real problem. You're talking money on these two sides here. And it's like, you guys are forgetting who your market is. Your market is the American taxpayer, the American baseball fan. And watching all this go on, you're watching Scott Boris get involved. It doesn't leave a good taste in my mouth when I see the, the NBA and the MHL pretty much kind of just easing on into everything with no real problems. And here we are, baseball, looking like a train wreck. I mean, and I, I, I'm, again, the owners aren't getting off easy on me on this one. I think their proposal is a, is a garbage proposal to start with. That's one point that out. This is not, it's not how to me you want to do business. It's not how you want to open good faith negotiations. How's that, Jared? Is that a little bit better for me than than uh, the previous, more understanding version? <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm I, I'm, I'm going to take the player's side on this one, especially after hearing this. It's it's tough, you know, and you know, I I didn't make it to that level, but I I you get it to an extent, you know, you you I I totally understand where the players are coming from, and 
it's it's not easy for them right now. I, and the thing that I kind of put it in a sense in perspective for me was I thought about okay, think about it this way as a person, and I know this probably this will never happen, but you're making a hundred thousand dollars. Your contract is one year, a hundred thousand dollars, right? You divide that in half because you're only playing eighty two games. You're getting five fifty thousand dollars. You take that again in let's say you're even making 70% of that, you're, you're going to be making, what, 40000 correct? 30 $38,000 about from your original, you know, $100,000 contract that you made. So, I mean, it's, 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 it's tough for me to side with the owners on this. And I pulled up a Forbes article, I guess, and it has the angels on here. And in 2019, their operating income was $61 million. So I would assume that would be by the stadium, not necessarily, you know, all together. So if you think about, you know, they play 82 games, they're making, I, my assumption would be they're making just under a million dollars per game um, with fans and the seats and everything after tickets and food and all that fun stuff. You got to remember right off the bat though, right now, just without anything else decided, teams are already estimated to be at a loss of $57 million per team on average this year. So you're talking about what they made last year. They were never going to remotely make that this year. And everything you're talking about in terms of operating income, how much of that is being is being sent right back out and increasing the team's salaries? Oh, no, exactly, exactly. And no, so, I mean, it's it's this is the problem I have with – the players saying you need to open up your books. It's listen, all that's going to happen is they're going to look at the numbers now and twist it to get a part of their argument. The, the numbers you need to be worrying about are the numbers from a year from now, not the numbers now. Because it, when the moment the season starts and they hit the book or anything, they're not making money this year at all, really. Uh, TV contracts are going to be eh because you're, you're going to have half your games. You're not going to have home fans in your, in your ballpark. You're not going to have road fans. You're going to have people visiting. You're not going to have people buying merchandise like they did before. You're going to see a massive flip in income. So when that happens, you have to consider the effect this is going to have on baseball down the road, financially, across the board. So it's not just what they have in the books now. Because the one, the books change every year. Every year is a different year. And then two, they've all, they're already entering a 2020 season behind the eight ball. John. You're quiet, man. I know you're, you're contemplating things. What do you got, man? No, I just think it's interesting that you thought that I was took the player side. I, I was feeling more. I was feeling more like it was you and me against Derek. I mean, against Jared. And and I don't mean. I maybe you were maybe a little more full throated about it because I do tend to. I, I you know I do tend to see the owners' side in this on how much they are going to lose financially. Um, I also look at, you know, here's a perfect example. It's it's just sad that this coronavirus, this quarantine, whatever you want to, you know, what, however you want to refer to it, has turned what was going to be a perfectly beautiful season into a labor uh, con. I mean, this is like we're in a strike season. We're essentially what what's going to cancel this season now is labor negotiations, not a virus. And that is just really sad to me that we're even that we have to talk about this. I mean, this it's fine when it comes up, you know, contract years come up. But this is 
just a, a gosh darn shame. But I, I just look at I look at Artie Moreno, and it, I mean, just what? Just this last year, he laid out. He he made a huge investment into the stadium, into the properties around. I know he's padding his parking lot too, but this is a man who and, and just confirmed to the fans. He said, "I we are not going anywhere." So when you talk about we're talking about players and we're talking owners, this is my uh, the part where I see where Artie is putting out. Artie said, I am, this team is going to stay here. And I just made a huge investment to make sure it. Yes. Will he ultimately make more money on the investment? I'm sure he will. But whereas the players, they'll play here. The, yeah. So I, I do tend to side on the owner's side as far as, but I don't have the numbers. And, you know, the unions, I mean, I just would, and I don't think we're ever going to see the numbers to really adequately I think the I think the the owners are going to come across as uh, come across as villains in this. I don't think the players are making themselves look any good. I think they should just stay off Twitter. They should just stay off everything. I don't think that they should be uh, making public statements because you know at, me as a guy who's uncoordinated and couldn't hit the side of a a barn with a with a you know a ten foot bat. Um, I still look at it. These guys have a dream job that a lot of us you know wish we had. And a lot of us played for free and would continue and still continue to play for free as adults. So, I mean, I know that's corny and old fashioned. I mean, it's simplistic. I know there's more to it than that. But if if this season gets canceled, it's going to be because of a labor negotiation. And that's just that's a bad, bad taste on both sides. I think the owners will probably take more of the heat because the players are the frontline players and Mike Trout's a handsome guy, got a great, great smile. And Albert, you know, we all, we all love the players. So it's just a shame. Uh, well, the owners we're in a society now that, that if the, if someone's rich, they're automatically the bad guy. 99% of the time they're rich. They can afford it, blah, blah, blah. Pay them. I saw somebody arguing me today on, on Facebook saying, pay them their full salary, not understanding how financially illiterate that is. It's not. It's not possible. It's just not without significantly hurting the team's bottom line. Remember, these owners may be a bill worth a billion, two billion dollars, but it's a company that owns the team. Actually, or runs a team. He's just the owner of the company, right? He still runs the company. They don't just have their their personal money directly linked to the team. They can choose to invest personal money. Many do, but they're not. They're, they're different. It, it, actually, anybody who runs a company worth their salt, anyways, is not going to put all their eggs in one basket. Or he's a businessman. He's not going to risk all his personal wealth over a venture that could hurt his overall company value, company's future. You know, the Angels are one asset, and the Angels have one budget, and that budget is getting hammered now because of what happened. So we have to think a little bit like businessmen to understand that it's not so cut and dry. It says, yeah, just go pay him. Just go pay him. Owners should just take the loss. No, they shouldn't take the loss if they are looking long term. Should they take some loss? Yeah, you're going to assume some risk no matter what. But if you're paying players to play a full season, that's why... You're under contract. You're not under contract for all this money to play 16 games, play 80 games. You're under contract to play as many games as you possibly can if you're healthy. That's the and that's the name of the game. That's 
while you're getting paid the big bucks. So to to play more games, I mean, start to play less games and expect the same kind of money when the owners don't have the income to take to pay that money, then it's problematic. So there should be some, there should be bend, there probably should be more bend. But when you are basically asking the greatest player in the game to go from making $38 million to about $7 million, that, that becomes problematic. That becomes really problematic. That's too much. And I think it's, that's a horrible way to start things off. Oh, by the way, it's not just that. The minor leaguers. Um, this is also from Jeff Passon today. Uh, notes that hundreds of minor league players were cut Thursday and hundreds of more expected to lose their jobs at the sport grapples with the near certainty that the minor league season will be canceled. Sources told ESPN to quote directly from the first section of Jeff Passon's article. So now we're seeing minor leaguers, minor leaguers already being let go. Owners of minor league teams are laying off their front offices. So now that I understand. But now you're seeing these teams, the pro teams, releasing their, their players. And he does note that team officials said a vast majority of players likely would have been released toward the end of spring training. Okay, so there you go. It doesn't sit well either with me. Your thoughts, Jared, is MLB making the right call with this? Is there a better way? I'm struggling with this one, i got to admit. I mean, the way that I look at it is that, I mean, we didn't really see cuts in spring training, and I this is going to come off really bad for me, I feel like, but we didn't see the cuts for spring training, and that's just happening now. Um, I know a couple minor leaguers already that were cut during or in the seat during this uh, whole thing in the past two months, I know a couple of them, and they weren't very all that happy. You know, um, they're still living life, but it's an unfortunate situation. But yeah, it's 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 tough, but it's something that the teams were gonna do anyways. It's just it's hard to see it when you it all happens at one time when you know you see hundreds and hundreds of guys lose their job. I, I think that this is going towards a reduced minor league, you know, um, reduce, reducing the minor league teams, unfortunately. And this is the way that Rob Manford wanted to go with this, and it's working out really well for him right now. Um, before I say anything else, anything stupid, I'll stop. No, that's the whole point. Say, say stupid things. We can, we can have something to debate. <laughs> It's, I, it's 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 tough for me, you know. I you know I have, you have friends, you have people that I mean. I cover the minor leagues. I I mean, there's a lot of us that cover the minor leagues, and it's a great thing. And I hope that it's 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 a, it's just a tough situation um, all the way around in the minor leagues, and it's tough to like baseball right now. It really is. But that's part of the problem. Yeah, we should be loving baseball. We should be hardcore wanting baseball back. You, it, we're hurting. It's it's in everyday life. People are starting to get back to work, and 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 people are starting to get going. But even though it looks like things are getting better, and they are, there are, in the background there are a lot of people who are hurting, and they look to some of those American institutions like baseball to give them something to look forward to. 
you know, when you lose a job, when you lose things that are you're passionate about, you need something to take you forward, you know, something to take your mind off of it. That's what baseball should be. Baseball is still to me, when I think of American sports, I love football. It's believed that football was taken over as the national pastime, but in my gut, I still see baseball as being that. Baseball should be leading the way on this, not lagging behind. And this is where I'm critical, I believe, of Robert of Rob Manfred is they can't seem to get anything right, man. And I know there's a lot of complexities, having talked to various people about Manfred and the Astros and so on and so forth, but man, they can't you gotta go into negotiations and just low ball players like this. As the next day you're you're firing, you're cutting minor leaguers, and you're already proposing to get rid of forty two from the right, is it forty two or forty one? minor league teams from 41 minor league towns across the country. I said 41 markets. I just, this is a, to me, a complete and total PR nightmare for baseball. Total idiocy. And it's a shame to watch. It's kind of depressing. John, you can, you got anything perky to add to this, make us feel a little better about it. I just want to clarify for Jared. Did, did, if I, I want to make sure I understood what he was saying. And, and, and uh, well, I'm going to ask a question first, and then I'll make that point I was going to make right now. Uh, so, what you're saying is that a, a lot of these cuts were going to happen during the regular season while they were playing, but because spring got suspended, there ha- and and they had time to kind of linger them on. That are you saying uh, several or multiple or a large amount of these cuts? We're going to happen anyways. They're just happening now because of this. Is that what you were saying? Yeah, I'd, I'd probably have to say. I mean, you get the draft too that adds a lot of guys, are, I mean, upwards of 30, 40 guys per team. But yeah, I mean, you look at, you look at it, and it, this happens every year, you know, it, but it just doesn't happen in this. It happens over, it happens over a three month span between spring training and about right after the draft. You just see a lot of, teams that cut players and there's there's a span for the angels that happens every year where it's a week span and they release 15 20 players you know and if everybody does that that's upwards you know what five seven hundred guys that will get released in that span you know it's just you don't it's just being made a big deal about it right now to be honest and we see it every year and I, i don't mean to downplay it and but it's yeah, it, it it's the headline. It makes yeah. the headline because there's nothing yeah. else to report on. So that's it. So they they make it's a splashy headline. And I just want to say too, you know, I mean, I, I just Derek has a perspective. Derek, Jared has a perspective that you and I, Derek, don't really have. And I mean, as you know, I had minor league tickets to a Long Beach team 25 years ago, and actually knew players by name. And they knew who I was, the loud guy who would yell from the stands and heckle the opposing players. Jared has a one, like everything in life, he has a one-on-one personal relationship with these things and these poor, and these poor small towns. As a guy who plans on, in his retirement, spending a lot of time at a minor league baseball park, um, I know I will, would, would be crushed to hear that that team was being 
whatever, abolished, taken away, uh, ended. And so, but he's sitting here in Southern California. Um, I'll be going back to work apparently at the end of next month, starting to drive past uh, Angel Stadium again every day, empty Angel Stadium, I'm anticipating. Um, you know, it's, it's doesn't, you don't really feel the sting of those, what goes on in those towns. And, and Jared gets to see a lot more front row. And I was hoping to see some Inland Empire action this year. And yes, I guess it still hasn't been officially canceled because they haven't told me, but, um, Jared just has a different perspective. I understand why he's so pro player. And and I just kind of like the minor league things, it sounds, you know, like this, but then when I look at the, the human beings, uh, and the dreams that are being, crushed by all this again this is my escape like derek said this is my escape from life i just i hate when this stuff invades my escape i just want baseball i want to talk baseball not not politics or labor labor disputes which this sadly has turned into again it's kind of a bummer so I mean, this is—I don't mean this podcast to be this really depressing show, by the way. But when you see things going on like this, like, dude, like, come on, seriously, you—you you, you all can do better than this. And this is about the minor league players, by the way. The minor league players, in my view, they're—they're they're not getting paid like even the pros are. So this is—I feel them. I, I feel the, the pain here. You're—you're you're pursuing your dreams. You were on contract. You've been sitting here like the last two months waiting. They're saying they would. These are. Players who probably been cut anyways. Well, if that's the case, over the last two months, they probably couldn't have been doing something else, right? So, I just, I think it's bad optics, period. And I think, I, mean, I just got to be real on this. I have to be real on this. You have millions of Americans out of work. Mm-hmm. Millions. Yep. Of a million of Americans out of work, and I'm not saying that you need to go make the sacrifice to bring baseball to the masses, but some freaking perspective here from everybody involved. If baseball goes down this path, while the other sports get things together, the fans will not forget this. I won't forget this. I know I won't forget it. If they, if this is how it's going to be, where you're going to bicker on this, talking about taking the same, this is high risk. You know what's high risk is that Amazon driver, that grocery store worker. Every day, hundreds of people they go, they come across. I don't want to hear it. So owners, players, get your crap together. This is stupid. This is stupid. And you're one year away from an actual real CBA negotiation. If this is how it's going to be now, imagine how it'll be in a year. 1994, the strike was a different situation, different story, but you're going to have a similar impact on the fans. And this time, it's not just going to be about a strike when things are going okay. It's going to be, this is going to be a, a shutdown when America's national pastime should have been there being the national pastime. You're bickering over millions when people right now are lucky to be making a living at all. 
And that's frustrating to me. This is when we need baseball the most. Yeah. So, I mean, this, and this is not a hammer on the owners or the players. This is everybody involved. Get your acts together. Get together. You're going to, I mean, the baseball has been so out of touch. You're going to shut down. You're looking to shut down 40 some minor league teams. These are markets you need to be involved in. This is where people need to know your name. I just see MLB insignias all over the place on high school baseball stadiums, high school baseball games, uh, little league games, minor league games. I just see this stuff all over the place. It should be out there in force. Instead, you're reducing your exposure to fans. And then when you're needed the most, you just say, ah, okay, it's, a, it's about the money here. Well, it is about the money. I understand the money matters, but you're, you're, you can figure this out. This isn't, this isn't rocket science. Jared? Yeah. I don't have too much else to say about this subject. All I know is, you know, if there is a season, it's not, I've been saying this for a while, it's not, it's not about wins and losses this year. So, you know, it's, it's going to be different. You know, it's not going to be perfect, but it's, it's not about wins and losses. It's about helping out the community. You know, everybody's, everybody's in pain right now. You know, and it it seems like every year something happens. I mean, the Red Sox when Boston Marathon got bombed, um, the Astros when their hurricane when the hurricane hit. Um, I mean, it, it's it's something different every year. But you know, this year it just it, everybody you know everybody needs it. And you know, if the Angels win the World Series, yes, I'm going to be extremely happy. And people are going to discredit this season. You know. 100%, you know, and they're going to say put an asterisk next to it. But, you know, it, it, it's, it is what it is, and people need the hope right now. That's all it is to it. I mean, this is, in the end, if, if they do things as they do them, as they're doing it right now, they're going to severely hurt the game. And this is going to, you severely hurt the game, you're severely hurting your wallets. And you are being the owners and the players. You got, you to me, you have to think long-term, the long game, not the short game. And I'm not sure that's the line I'm thinking right now. At least publicly, I'm not sure that's the line I'm thinking. Maybe, hopefully, probably that's the line I'm thinking. Any closing thoughts, John, before we roll out of here? No, I mean, they just, it, I mean, it's so easy. They, uh, I just don't believe that, that during this time when we need this so much. I mean, do, do what you got to do. Raise Raise beer prices a dollar. Uh, I think when I, I was telling my daughter that last night about when Artie bought the team years ago, the pr- first thing he did, he lowered uh, beer prices uh, by, I think it took a dollar off. I mean, figure out a way to get some money to do something to resolve this situation as soon as possible. I don't know. I mean, they do. There is a lag time. Fans do have. I, I certainly will be back, no doubt. I don't think I'm going to boycott or anything. but. Fans probably in a long time need need baseball more more than they've ever had. Get it done. But on the flip side of it, I want to make this point. And that point is this. If baseball's not there for for me now, I'll make this promise. You can be darn sure I won't be there for it. If you know, I've put in many a year supporting this team, put lots of money into it. Like I'm wearing an angel shirt and, and ball cap right now. I know you guys have put time and effort into it. 
if they can't be there for the, the, the people that are putting the money in their wallet, kid, it's us. It's not, it's, it's us. One way or the other, directly or indirectly, that money's coming from the fans. It's the fans watching the games on TV, it's the fans in the stadiums. You, we're your market. We're your market. I mean, you gotta stop forgetting that crap. That's, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm getting more and more fired up about it. So, before I say something I, I will regret, let's get out of here. So, folks, you can follow us at Twitter, Talking Halos. You can find me on Twitter at DC Paul. You can find John at Jace Crane John. You can find Jared at Jared underscore Tims. I apologize if the, if the show tonight was a little dour. I think, um, I'm not sure dour is the right word, but I, it's, it's brewing a little bit there and getting a little ticked off at watching how this is going down. And, um, uh, I would think a lot of fans will be too. So, with all that said, have a great one, and we'll see you this weekend. We're out of here. control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.